everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today we are reviewing Star Trek Picard Season 2, Episode 9, Hide and Seek. Like always, I'm your host Clarence and I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who story himself, Cal Jones. How you doing, man? You know what? I am always glad to be here, but I am just equally glad to be here. I don't know what always and equal means, but hey, I'm happy to be here. How about that? And also on the podcast, we have Jeremy Barrow. How are you doing? I am equally glad to be here and always ecstatic to do this. Yeah, I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on the penultimate episode of the season. But first, we have a bit of feedback, and it relates directly to our Trek trivia from last week, which was, which popular Star Trek actor performed a spoken word album entitled The Transformed Man? including spoken word renditions of Elton John's Rocket Man, Mr. Tambourine Man, and Lucy in the Sky with the Diamonds. I kind of feel like this is a low-hanging fruit, but <laughs> did any of you guys know the answer to this? I did, yes. And what would that answer be, Mr. Barrow? That'll be good old Captain Kirk himself, William Shatner. Yes, indeed. It is William Shatner. And we did receive feedback from... For this, from Joanne Robertson on Twitter. So thank you for that, Joanne. And we also got feedback for this from our friend Haral Connor via email. If you guys want to answer any of these questions, we do post them on our social medias at Discussing Trek. And you can also send it in via email to fans at DiscussingTrek.com. So once again, thanks to everyone for giving in the feedback. It's, it's really great to hear everybody chime in. We're going to get right into our review of Star Trek Picard Hide and Seek, which was written by Matthew Okamara and Christopher B. Derrick, while the episode was directed by Michael Weaver. Picard and his crew fight for their lives as they come under attack from a new incarnation of an old enemy. But to survive, Picard must first face the ghost of his past. Seven and Rafi have a final showdown with Gerardi. So, if you have not seen Hide and Seek, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. The spoiler (laughs) warning has been dropped, and like always, we go to Kyle Jones for the beats of the episode, sometimes serious, sometimes comedic. Honestly, you never know. Mr. Jones, what do you have for us this week? Resistance is completely up to you. (laughs) Okay. I like it. Yes, resistance, my friend, is completely up to you. Well, let's get some high-level thoughts of the episode. Jeremy, what do you think? Um, I I like the episode. It did didn't answer all the questions I hoped it would, and I'm hoping we'll get that in the final episode. But I I like the 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 western feel to it. That that was really fun. Uh, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Huh. I definitely want to hear you elaborate on the western feel a bit. Well, it's the shootout. It was a shootout. Oh yeah, at the OK Corral. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I get that. Yeah, definitely. Mr. Jones, you have any additional thoughts that? Yes, I like this episode. I thought it was a strong episode. I know we'll get into it. The only thing I did not like about it is 
it, I would have rather this have been something that felt like a two-part finale mm. only because I feel like there is so much that needs to be delivered in the finale that I wish for that two-part. They still may you know, pull it out at the very end. That said, I enjoyed it. And as for me, I think I really did strongly liked it, but I, I fall a bit short of loving it. There were a few things in it that I think have been bothering us from the beginning that continue to bother me in this episode. There was a lot of convenience factor stuff, and I, I'm going to get into that a little bit later as well. But I do think we started to edge in the right direction as far as a lot of these solutions. So I, I was pretty happy with it. I was pretty happy with it, and I, I think I really enjoyed it. First, I want to ask you guys, what do you think of Talan conveniently showing back up? And again, I want to hark on this convenience factor thing, because I think if we would have had her in the last episode when Picard and Guinan got detained, it's like you wouldn't even need that episode at all. So it to me, just a lot of things are happening, and especially in this episode, it just felt like convenience factor. Why was she not present in the last episode? Do we have an explanation for that? My theory that I have been harping on and going over and over and over. All of these conveniences in these plot holes or whatever you want to call them <laughs> aren't plot holes if my theory is correct. And this is all either something Q is doing and or something Borg Queen is doing. So you're still going on your this is all a dream theory. Not necessarily maybe a dream as in, you know, Dallas wake up and the whole season went away. Not that kind of dream, but something that has been done to them, maybe. Any thoughts, Jeremy? I, I sort of agree with what Kyle says. I would I would like to think that she's off doing her job watching Renee, and that's why, uh -huh. you know, she was going see she was saying what she was up to and reporting back to the crew. Okay. I can see that. But that wasn't explicitly stated, so I don't know if that's what she was actually doing or not. It does kind of throw a kind of a wrench in everything, though, for her to disappear and then just show up. Yeah. yeah. With no explanation. But you know what is interesting? And with Jeremy mentioning Renee, for some reason, it just popped into my head. This was the thing that they had to go and quote unquote fix. We've not seen this character for, I think, two episodes now. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a minute. It's definitely been a minute. So... I think this next episode is going to be all Renee, honestly. But yeah, it's been a minute since we've seen her, which has been kind of strange. So the entire group gets back together, but only momentarily. Let's talk about Rios and Teresa in this episode. How did the outcome of this arc with Teresa and Rios eventually ending up in Talen's apartment feel to you guys? But because to me, again, it just felt like a storyline that just wasn't needed at all. It was a convenient ending to a very unnecessary plotline. So I was watching a review uh, earlier today, getting some other insight before we recorded tonight. And the person that I was watching said there was five episodes of this season turned into eight episodes of this season by this extra storyline. And I do feel that while all the actors are good, Rios's storyline was just extra. Just wasted. I mean, even when you get down to this shootout, 
he gets shot, but then has to leave. And Picard tells him not to come back. He hacks to Lynn's transporter somehow to get back in the action. But I feel like all of that was just to for them, for for Teresa and Rios to have this storyline. It just it, it the whole thing just feels out of place. And then she's using the equipment from the future again. It just all feels very weird. Unless she is. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Unless she is really from the future, but is in this suspended animation thing I keep going to. And that would explain how she's able to so easily use these things. I really hope you're wrong because that would just make this, to me, 10 times worse. Hey, but but Rios does save the day, right? Well, I mean, I like Rios. I like his character. I just don't. I'm like, yo, I just don't like this particular thread that he's dangling from. And dangle he does. <laughs> so so let me let me clarify why I keep going back to this. It is not in any way, it's zero that I want to be right, even though I love being right. I would rather have it be this as an answer than to go away saying, eh, you kind of dropped the ball there a little bit. Yeah. Well, definitely at the end of this review, I want to circle back to that because I have a theory or what what seems to be happening to me. I don't know if it's a theory so much of as what we've actually seen on screen, but I want to talk about what I think is going on. And maybe, Kyle, if you want to elaborate a little bit more, or even you, Jeremy, if you want to give some thoughts on where you think the next episode is going, we'll definitely circle back to that. So let's talk about Rafi and Seven sneaking around to eventually get to the La Serena. But before they do, we get the reemergence of Elnor in the form of Hollow Elnor. What do you guys think of Elnor's return? About freaking time. <laughs> Was it the return you would have expected? No, and I think I will still be mad if real life Elnor winds up being dead at the end of this. I am going away from this episode feeling like this finale hinges on my liking or disliking this season because the first season was so concrete in its story whereas this one if they don't pull it off next episode i think i'm going to be disappointed but no this is not to answer your question i was not expecting this now does this put elnor in a position to where the character could go on and maybe yeah. be featured in other Star Trek, maybe. Sure. But yeah, I, I wasn't expecting this. Again, this this falls in that convenient or brilliant factor for me because, OK, every person that walks aboard the La Serena gets all of their hollow patterns stored. What? And they remember everything up until the point they die. I, that, again, convenient or brilliant? Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, I, th- I think if this has been like something they had said like earlier, even last season, it would have all made sense. And it would, you know, it would have just not, it would have been something that we're thinking of now that we're talking about right now. Yeah, I do. I, I was pleasantly surprised by his return. And I think that's probably, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner by killing him off as early as they did. And this is probably the, this is probably the best way they could do to bring him back without it being too hokey, even though it was hokey. And he did, and you know, it was fun to watch him. It was fun to watch Elnor be Elnor. Yeah. I want to talk about the reemergence of another character. 
How do you feel about Seven's reemergence as a Borg drone again? I felt kind of sad for her because, and this is a testament to what a great actress Jerry Ryan is, because the look on her face when she realizes that she is once again former Borg, it was heartbreaking because she had finally achieved what she wanted was to not be Borg. And it was taken away from her just that quick. You know, I agree. Jeremy is on point on everything he just said. Honestly, it didn't have that big of an impact to me, only because I'm expecting a reset button at the end. You know, everybody goes to their back to their status quo. So the deal is made once Gerardi reemerges from sort of the same mode of operation that the Borg Queen took over Gerardi with by using the endorphins to actually gain control. She kind of does the same thing when the Borg Queen attempts to kill Seven. So let's talk about two of one and the dream to build a better Borg. Jeremy, is this what we see at the very beginning of the season? And I think that uh, to me, it is. To me, this better Borg is what comes through the portal and tries to contact Picard. I'm still trying to make heads or tails of what of which one we're actually talking to at any given moment. So I'm not I'm not sure what we're what the end result of this merge is going to be for me again. I I think by the end of this episode, Gerardi and the Borg Queen, they're kind of in sync. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Clarence. I think it would have been a miss if we had not have seen at least some sort of semblance or some version of this in this season. And the reason I say that is you have the Borg Queen earlier in the season tell Gerardi, you have impressed me. This is something that does not happen. And for someone to impress the Borg Queen and then be basically assimilated with no recourse of something else, that to me would have diminished having that moment of you have impressed me. So, yes, I was very, very happy with it. The curiousness that I have or the question that I have, I'm hearing the two of them talk about what this new Borg was going to be. And if I'm just reading it on paper, it sounds a lot like the Federation to me. Hmm. You bring your talents, you're, you're a part of a bigger collective, bigger than you were as an individual. You bring your talents, you're still autonomous, but you are represented as part of this big conglomerate of something. That sounds a lot like the Federation to me. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, I think if you, again, look back to the very first episode of the season, that Borg Scorpion ship, whatever, that ship that emerged through the time portal, it was actually wanting to be a part of the Federation. So uh, I think those words do ring true. And again, I'm very interested how to go tell this up because they're leading us in some pretty cool directions. But, you know, some of it still just doesn't exactly mesh in my mind just yet. But we'll, we'll see. We're getting there. We're getting there. Does this wibbly wobbly the timeline unless they come to the present pretty much from the past forward, meaning <sighs> the Borg? So, you know what I'm saying? Does this change the Borg as they were or does this new version of the Borg 
come to the present and then move forward. Personally, I think that this new version of the Borg goes out and hiding on somewhere, some planet or some other sector of space that isn't explored. And then they reemerge at the right time. Now, if they're building a better Borg, you would think, oh, they're going from this point forward to influence, you know, the Borg that we see, thus changing pretty much everything else we know, you know. So I, I think they're kind of going off in some different part of space to do what they do, possibly. But again, who knows? So the Borg Queen does leave a bit of advice for Picard before she gets aboard the La Serena and goes who knows where. She says one Renee must die and one Renee must live. Any any thoughts on that statement? So I'm wondering if somebody's going to have to impersonate Renee and have and die so that the real Renee can go on this mission and do what they're supposed to do for the future that they're supposed to have. Mm, great, great thought. And if I had to guess, that'd probably have to be Talon, maybe. I was thinking Corey. Now, see, we haven't seen Corey in a couple of episodes. I don't know what the hell she's doing. Yeah, but I, I was thinking it's something. Should we know that she's against, pretty much against her father, Adam? So this would be. Oh, that would be good. A way that to tie up storyline, you know. Oh, I like how I like where I like where you're going there. I, I really like. Yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking also the statement probably could have a double meaning because we know Picard's brother's son, his nephew, Renee, dies in a fire. So that Renee died and this Renee from the past must live. I don't know. That's just a stretch there. But that's what it made me think of when, when that statement was made. Mm. You know what I should have said and our discussing Who fans that might be listening would get this totally. Before my beats, I'm going to hold and have a revision at the end. So remind me of that. Okay, we'll, we'll do, sir. Let's talk about Picard and Talan in this episode, they team up to lose Adam Sung in the caves below Chateau Picard. First off, Jeremy, what did you think of these hybrid Borg drones that we see in this episode? I think they were they were useless because they weren't used enough. All they were doing is running around going pew pew. We never really saw them <laughs> in action, so to speak. We just saw lights. It was almost like it was a budgetary concern. I'm like, y'all are not going to show these guys? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they ran out of makeup at some point. I don't I don't know. But, I mean, it just – I felt like they could have got more use out of them if they'd shown them more in action. Yeah. Instead of just showing their little laser beams all over the place. Well, if you want to go from the budgetary line, the idea that this entire season pretty much could be debudgetized, meaning – They've saved a lot of money on special effects with this season. Yeah. They spent all the money on the first episode with the Stargazer, the new Stargazer. Maybe so. Yeah. But I definitely want, even though these weren't like full uh, uh, Borg drones, they were just slightly augmented men that were, that soon was able to round up. I still wanted to see more of them. I got annoyed by the lights being in the background. I'm like, okay, that's cool. We know the Borg do that, but can we see them at least a few times? And we, we did a little bit, but I was just like underwhelmed by the whole thing. Kyle, I want to ask you about one of the bigger points of the entire season, and that's going to be Picard's memory of his mother. What did you think about the realization of what actually happened? And, and even is that what you thought 
was the eventual conclusion? It threw me for a loop. It really did. I did not expect that to be the resolution. My thought would be that she had been institutionalized and he had blamed his father not knowing. You know, that that was where I thought it was going, was she had to be put away to protect, you know, herself and whatever the case may be, and that she eventually died in care. I did not see this coming. And, you know, that was kind of a shock to me. Jeremy, what about this big burden for Jean-Luc to carry, having, you know, let basically let his mother out to, to, to do what she did to herself? I feel like, I almost feel like that's almost a cop-out, because I don't know how old Picard is supposed to be, but it felt like this would have been something that would have come to surface much, much sooner than what we're seeing now. Yeah. I mean, I can't really speak on how traumatic memories are accessed, but but it does, to me, it does seem like something that he would be living with. But but let me add this. You know, there there is a certain thing of living with and in, and ignoring, maybe even subconsciously slash consciously ignoring something. And maybe the memory is less of a actual, you had completely forgotten it. You had just walled it up so that you never spoke about it. And, you, you know, it was hidden, quote unquote, simply because you willed yourself not to go there. Does that make sense? You're not forgetting it, but you're not allowing yourself to even remember the moment. So for all intents and purposes, over time, it becomes, quote unquote, non-existent. And, you know, I'll just speak candidly for myself. The older I get, the more I see my parents in a different light as human beings. And that, in turn, makes me look back and see other things from my childhood in a different light. And I think whereas some people may have a realization at 20 of something, some people may have it at 40, some people may have it at 60 or 80 or whatever the case may be. I think each person is an individual and therefore process things differently. So I get, Jeremy, I, I get your point and I th- you have a very valid point. But on my aspect or my point of view is he kind of hid this from himself. It definitely adds another layer on the phrase, look up, which we've been hearing this whole season. It adds a very tragic layer on top of that to where at the beginning of the season, we were thinking it's some aspirational thing that uh, his mother told him to reach for the stars and, you know, leave this, this chateau. But that's the words that ran through my head when he was looking up at his mother being hung. I was like, wow, that's that's dark. Mm -hmm. Indeed. So did you guys catch the reference to the scene from where No Man Goes before the TNG episode where Picard sees his mother? We kind of we kind of talked about it before as a uh, inconsistency with what's going on this season. And they kind of just explain it off. Uh, as Picard says that he used to think of his mother as an old woman in a rocking chair. And it like totally explains that scene from that episode. 
because that episode was kind of reading thoughts anyway. So that's kind of, you know, I think that was a, one of the more clever things I've seen from this season. I really enjoyed that. Finally, guys, where do we think we go from here? Cal, I think we kind of know your your theory on what's happening. Jeremy, did you have any theories about what we're going to see in the finale? No, because everything I thought was going to happen has been wrong. <laughs> so I'm just kind of so I'm just kind I'm just waiting at this point. Cal, did you want to add any additional thoughts to your theory or are you just kind of uh, you're staying true to it? You know what? I think I'm going to stay true to it, but I will tell you a wish that I have. I wish that while the Guinan that we've seen in everything but the first episode, she's done an awesome job. I want to see Whoopi Goldberg Guinan as a bookend for this season. Yeah, that would be pretty, pretty awesome to see that. And I hope we see it as well. For me, when thinking about where I want this season to to kind of end in theories, I think everything is going to be reset. Not reset in the sense of this never happened, but I think we're going to, our characters are going to get back to the timeline they're supposed to be in and they're going to be okay. I kind of want to say, I don't think Picard will self-destruct the ship, but I also want to say that <laughs> like that version of Picard died and somehow this Picard that's in the past right now is going to come to that future and continue that life. I, I, I want to say that they're the personality of the Confederate Picard, the Confederate Seven, the Confederate Rafi. I want to say those were switched by Q. So that version, that Confederate version of those people died in that explosion on the Stargazer. And we're going to see these, our prime versions that were in those Confederate bodies come back and resume their lives. But again, you know, it's all up in the air. It's confusing. So, so, So let me repeat this back. And make sure I, I think I understand you. Q switches and swaps entities for entities in an altruistic gesture to save them. Yes. Basically. I like that. Yeah. And they have to get their prime. They have to get the their selves back to their timeline. But, you know, he kind of saves them. And as we wrap up on action, guys, what is your favorite part of this episode before we kind of get our ratings here? Jeremy, what was your favorite part of this episode or at least favorite? Pick one. Well, one of my kind of, you know, yay moments was when Seven was, was talking about why she didn't join the Federation. And there was this nice little call back to Admiral Janeway. And it was just a very brief, like, you know, 10 second little blurb, but it just kind of it it. It kind of closed that little bit of chapter that I was warning about why she went became a Fenris Ranger instead of, you know, a Starfleet officer. Yes. Yeah, that made me smile so hard. <laughs> Loved it. Kyle, any, anything from this episode? Yeah, my favorite thing, Elnor was back. And my revision for my beats for all the Doctor Who fans that may be listening. And Clarence, you probably know where, what I'm about to say now, but... Elnor must live. <laughs> hey, I don't see any glowing ring pointed at my face, so I am going to say no on that one. Okay. <laughs> but, he li- but, but, but he lives nonetheless, at least in holographic form right now. <laughs> cool beans. And I'm going to start with ratings. I'm going to give this a, a, a strong four. As we mentioned up top, it's just so many things we have to wrap up. And 
I know we're going to get there, but I don't know if I was completely satisfied with this episode in that aspect. But at the same time, I really enjoyed it. So 4.0 for me. What about you, Jeremy? I'm going to give it a 4.5. It was a fun episode. I liked the shootout part aspect of it. There's still some, I still have questions. Like, where where is Picard's brother during all this? Why why have we not seen him in those flashbacks? You know, it's, but it's fun. And we got seven back who I enjoy. Awesome sauce. Kyle Jones. I think I'm going to stay with four. I think four is a good number for this. It was not the perfect episode, but it was an enjoyable episode. So I'm going to go with four. And guys, we are going to resume Trek trivia next week. But if you have any thoughts on this episode or anything that we failed to mention that you want to give a shout out to, you can hit us up at Discussing Trek on any and all social medias or fans at DiscussingTrek.com via email. And if you don't mind me adding something in really, really quick before we end, based on some of the content of this episode, I want to mention that for anyone listening, if you know someone or if you are someone and you are thinking about uh, or know someone with um, suicidal thoughts, there is something called the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And this is if you're in the United States, it is a United States based suicide prevention network of over 100 and 60 crisis centers that provide 24-7 service, and they can be reached at 1-800-273-8255. And Clarence, I think you will probably be so kind to put that in our show notes. Indeed. Yes, indeed, sir. And I thank you so much for mentioning that. And I guess we we didn't even mention what actually happened to Picard's mom in this, but very poignant that you would bring that up, Kyle. I, I really appreciate it, man. And and we will have that in our show notes. And, and please, please, if if you're experiencing any of these thoughts, please give that number a call. And, and thanks again, Kyle, for that. And with that, guys, we're going to wrap this thing up and we'll see you for the finale next week of the episode titled Farewell. We have we have a double header next week with Strange New Worlds premiere and the finale of Star Trek Picard. So it should be a lot of fun, guys, and we'll see you next week. Until next time, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com